for. G. Marie taught me. Strives to help women of color navigate tough issues and life's lessons. From love, loss, to the advice I should have listened to my damn self, this self-help podcast promises to deliver unscripted, unfiltered, and unapologetic realness. I am your host, G. Marie, and you are now tuning in to G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. Welcome everybody to G. Marie Taught Me. We are live. We are in full effect, in full motherfucking effect. <laughs> Um, it is so funny because normally we have like a nice crowd of people that hop on and then I've noticed that the numbers have been going up each week. So like the first week we started this show, um, the live podcast, it was like 33 people that watched it and then it went up to 60 for last week's episode. So I'm hoping, you know, we get those numbers up even more. Um, again, this week has been really, really crazy. So I haven't had time to fully promote the way that I want to promote and unfortunately, um, the guest that was supposed to come on for this week's episode, I kind of didn't hear back until like yesterday. So I was like, no, I got to move on. And I was like, wait a second, me and my homegirl, we ain't talk. So I want to do something with her. And as soon as, you know, my friend contacted me back, I was like, nope, I'm good. We'll do something next time. I, I got my guest for this week. So we gonna roll with that. So yeah, so welcome Thank you so much for joining me on the live taping four-part episode or four-part series of G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. We are unscripted, unfiltered, unapologetic. Sometimes I don't even have a script. I just go off the top of the dome because I feel like the um, the conversation is real organic. It's authentic. And most importantly, I feel like a lot of improv conversation is just an amazing conversation that normally comes along so uh we normally start with a quote of the week but when i tell y'all i'm not inspired i ain't been inspired this whole week i'm just gonna be honest so the only thing that really is keeping me going um is just being able to wake up every day but i want to bring you in i want you to introduce yourself i want you to tell the people who you are what you do and just you know how an amazing person you are oh well, hey everybody, my name is Dominique, you can also call me Dom. I am the CEO of Pretty Right LLC, which is a calligraphy business. I am located right in the heart of Detroit. Um, so live, play, work, and serve the city of Detroit. So that's a little bit about me. And also, you know, just give a little extra. Um, I'm a, I guess I'm a millennial. I'm 31. Ooh. my house and he died and for me I think that was like the 
moment where I was like, yeah, it's now or never. So um, G. Marie taught me is definitely just my rediscovery and navigating a lot of tough issues and, you know, finding who you are as a person and what you like about yourself, what you don't like about yourself, dating, just everything you could possibly think of. And now that I've been able to be so like transparent with my story about who I am as a person, what I've gone through um, from, you know, shit all the way back to when I was a child, all the way up until now, how I've been dealing with those issues and processing, you know, trauma that I ain't processed in a very long time. Or even just asking those hard questions just about everything. Because when I tell you dating for me, I feel like one, dating was ghetto for a while, especially being a millennial. I felt like dating <laughs> yes. was ghetto. So, ghetto. You know, so I interviewed a lot of men on my show about dating because I'm just like, I need to know what is the secret sauce and, and what is it that, you know, we as women, especially black women, what do we need to understand about y'all? Because some of us, we, we a little tired of y'all, you know, and we need to know what we need to do so we can meet in the middle because I feel like right now, especially being a millennial and then being a millennial who was dating at that time yeah. it's like I was still on that I'm strong independent you know I got me type of thing and I was just I was tired of dating after a while I got tired and so I finally let somebody come in and, and say listen you don't have to be tired and you don't always have to be the strong black woman you can be submissive you can you know let the man be the man yeah. so to me I'm control for you I'm like no, I, got, I got to do this shit I got to do this shit. <laughs> so so, but I mean, enough about me because I can go on and on about hell, just everything. So, I mean, the strong black woman, like, if you had to define the strong black woman, we spell woman W-O-A-H-M-A-N because I'm, I'm country, country as hell. Um, but if you, if you had to define what you thought the strong black woman syndrome or narrative was, like, how would you word it? A strong black woman. You know what? I would say a woman that is versatile. Like, a lot of times, um, you know, a strong black woman. Like, of course, when we grow up and we see all the different women and how they handle things and how strong they are, um, you know, and seeing how they navigate life, that's, that's what we feel like we should do right so um and I, I personally i i was uh i grew up you know having a single mother so a lot of things i learned through my mom and so you know and with her being a single mother she was very independent you know she did a lot of things on her own didn't it really ask for a lot of help didn't show a lot of emotion and all those things but um just defining a strong black woman is just being versatile and knowing how to adapt to every situation and handling it the best way that she can with what she has and where she at. Um, yeah. And so just always being a student, but also always being a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Because that's really important. We can't feel like we know everything, but, but you know, don't be shy about what you do know and what you bring to the table. So um, I definitely would say versatile, student, teacher, um, and also, you know, just having goals and aspirations and, and also allowing people to come into your life, right? Like a lot of us are very strong and we're guarded, our hearts are guarded, but we got to learn how to let people in because everybody doesn't have bad intentions. Um, so that's what we just say, loving, warming, welcoming, just 
just all those, all the good stuff, right? That superwoman. Um, so yeah, that's how I would define it. Yeah, and you know it's so funny you said that. My um, so my mother obviously she she started out as a single parent, mm-hmm. and um, she married my dad and they had me. But for a long time, you know, I think because she was single for so long and then she was a, a single mother raising mm-hmm. um, my older sister Jennifer, she was still kind of like stuck in that mentality. So when she raised me, she mm-hmm. raised me just as independent as her, as if you know, I were to be a single parent or a single woman who wasn't married. And I think oftentimes um, a lot of of what she did and what she instilled in me, I think it might have carried over into my dating life. And mm-hmm. it, it either it helped or it hindered yes. my dating life because seeing who she is and how she operates, well, she's a Virgo. So, yeah, you are right. That's what I'm saying. Go, okay. I know. A Virgo woman married to an Aries man. Oh, oh man. Okay. And here I am, you know. So both of those dominant personalities, um, it definitely influenced how I felt about marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be honest, I think for me, um, my parents, although very loving, mm-hmm. I felt like we're not the ideal representation of what I wanted black marriage to look like. Yes. Yes. So for a very long time I was against being married or getting married because I didn't want to have to argue with my spouse all the time. And mind you, my dad, he is a retired DPD officer. So that was a struggle being the the daughter of a cop for a very long time. That was a struggle within itself. So I dealt with that, you know, growing up, um, not even shelter but growing up and going to like a private school so you know I was just around a lot of different people but at the same time um, my mother always stressed the fact that at the end of the day no matter what you do no matter who you meet you're black you're black you're black and you're a black woman and you are a black woman in a very um, unwelcoming America sometimes and that was another thing too so not only was she a single mother but she was a very strong black woman mm-hmm. <laughs> who mother who now had to um quote unquote take off her cape and relinquish her power or at least learn how to relinquish her power yeah. and to let you know my dad come in and and be the person carrying you know some of the weight because at the end of the day you know if, it, if it's up to us black women we get shit done so yeah, yeah. we'll figure out a way yeah. um oh, but see. I'm I'm so glad that I had I had the opportunity to have that talk with my fiance because that played a key factor in my relationship with him when we first broke up. Because we were together for four years and we broke up for three. And during those three years, you know, we were, we were dating other people. But I think I rediscovered myself and I realized that, you know, a lot of that um, trauma that I was processing growing up were just, I, and I, I can't even say trauma, but just, watching how my mother and my father um, interact and then him telling me stories about his mother and his father how they interacted so basically we both have two mothers and two dads yeah Yeah. so I have a bonus mom who happens to be my dad's ex-wife but I don't call her Mm -hmm. you know like my ex-mother-in-law or anything Um, she was remarried she just remarried uh, to James I forgot his last name and then I 
have my mama and you know my dad and then I have Andre's dad who ended up getting married to uh, Veronica and then I have Andre's mother who is about to get married so you know our dads kind of experienced the same thing like in their relationship so we were able to actually sit down and talk about that but again being raised by a very um outspoken and outstanding and unapologetic strong black woman Mm-hmm. sometimes that can actually affect <laughs> your dating life and it can also yeah. affect um, your relationship not just with men but with yourself because yeah. you all feel that you have to carry the, the weight of the world yeah that's so true and, and, and for me I've always said my mom was like my superhero and I remember one day she just she got so upset she said don't call me that and I was like, but mommy, you, you're my superhero. Like, you're, yeah. you're the epitome of, you know, a she-ra. She was just like, if only you knew what I struggle with in private. Mm-hmm. If only you knew the days that sometimes I went without eating dinner because I had to feed jaw. Mm-hmm. You know, the days that I had to go into work and deal with um, a discriminatory group of people who didn't like me because I was light in or because they thought I was better than them and I was younger. Like she got hired um, at CDS at EDS, sorry, at 19, graduated from Cass Tech at 16. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, so just that, like, that and then having to go through that. But for her, for when I finally saw her, like, take off her cape, mm-hmm. that was, for me, I feel like that was, like, the true definition of the strong black woman narrative. When you literally say, you know what? If only you knew. I literally sit here with scratches on my back. Um, I'm, I'm aching. I'm in pain. I'm hungry. I'm sad. But yeah, I still manage to, you know, wake up and do what it is that I need to do and, and get shit done while carrying the weight of the world in with my eyes. You know, I'm, I'm still up and I'm still doing this shit. So being a strong black woman for me again like I, I it's so interesting when matter of fact you know who um mofo that shall not be named he always talked about or he always made the joke about yeah you know cause you don't need nobody you miss independent you strong black woman and then I had my moment where I was like you know what the problem is that you think I don't need anybody when in fact I need somebody and I need yeah. somebody now more than ever but because of your own insecurities or because of your own um, you know how you feel about yourself or wanting to be uh, the motherfucker that's always in control of everything instead of just letting me be submissive to you you have to you have to present an opportunity for me to be submissive yeah and I that is a th- okay so just like when you when you were talking about how your mom you know she has her cape on and she's like don't call me that because you don't know what I've been through I think one of for me personally one of the best things that a parent can do is be transparent I know they try to protect us from the world and they you know they want us to just be a kid or be a teen but it's like man if we had those conversations early it would prep me a little bit more rather than me, you know what I mean, trying to figure it out all along. Or feel like yeah. I'm along. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that you're going to go through every single thing that your parent goes through, but just having a little bit more transparency in those conversations, um, I think is so necessary. Like, it's, a, it's like, I give you an example, my aunt, she is, 
I love her parents. She is a very attentive mother. She makes sure that she is still a mother, but she creates that friendship with her daughter um, so that she knows that you can come to me. You know what I mean? She's very transparent with some things and she she basically is teaching her as she get older versus wait you know how like um parents you like i tell you when you get older we get older right? yeah yeah I, I, you, know, are you gonna remember that like are you really gonna remember to tell me right um and even still like she like you definitely have to be yourself with your kids like you have to show that human element or else you're not gonna know like i can be honest with you i didn't think that my mom had feelings because she always was gone, right? And so, like you said, it, it does carry on to relationships, but I think now that I'm older and more mature, um, I have to kind of like unlearn and reteach. You know what I mean? Like, I have to peel off those layers. Like, they did the best that they, you know, my parents did. Yeah. I ain't saying they did a bad job, but I'm just saying what type of woman do I want to be? Some things I'm going to keep with me and other things I'm going to be a little bit more open to um changing mm. right so that's the thing like we really have to decide who we want to be while not forgetting you know who we are and how our upbringing was but just you know just tailoring it to work to where we want to be in life because i can honestly say i was not vulnerable in a lot of my relationships um i did not communicate I was more so of always running from issues. I didn't know that was a problem until I started reading more and like, okay, I want healthier relationships yeah. um, because I didn't see that growing up a lot, you know, but I was exposed to marriages and I feel like, you know, um, just the more you are exposed to things, especially like through reading, through having friends or what or whatnot, like you really can take through everybody you come across. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you just have to literally, um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like um, keep the meat but spit out the bones, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's certain things that you take from different people and you just apply whatever you feel is going to help you be a better person. Yeah. Um, that's really, that's real. And, you know, relationships, they're tough. It's a lot of work because you learning somebody completely different. Like, mm -hmm. you got 30 plus or however old they are. You have their lives and how they built themselves up. And you have your life and how you built yourself up. So now you got to figure out how to merge lives, right? And how to get along and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, just it's important. It's important to really um, just be honest and transparent as possible, um, you know, when it comes to, to, to your kids. I think that's something that I wish I had because now I have to learn how to be vulnerable. Now I have to learn how to be more open and all those things. So, yes, it's a journey. That's, 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 that's ooh, I'm so glad you said that because um, there are so many things, even as an adult, that I've had to unlearn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be honest, like even being by myself and just, you know, really taking the time out to learn about myself and to date myself first, which is yes. what I had before I could get back in a relationship with my fiance. Now, like I had to date myself and there were a lot of things that I realized I did not like about myself. And that was playing um, a key factor in my, my relationship with him when we first got together, because we met when I was 23 
and then we broke up like when I was 26, 27, and then that incident happened, and it really just changed the dynamics of our relationship, but it also changed the dynamic of me as a person and, and giving up an opportunity to be something that, you know, I was looking forward to being and not doing that. Um, and that was a hard layer to have to, you know, pull back, but now here I am, I can sit back and I can say, you know what, when we were together when I was younger, you know, maybe there were some things that I might have done in our relationship that uh, may have hurt you or or just, you know, I was hurting and you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I needed to go heal for a minute and I felt like I couldn't heal being with you because I was only putting more on you when I should have been taking that step back and just being real with myself. So I took that step back. I, I made the mature choice to walk away from an amazing relationship because I knew that one, I was not ready to be a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I wouldn't necessarily make a good wife or because I was cheating, but just because if, if I had to sit and marry myself, I wouldn't want to marry myself in that moment. Mm, you're honest. And that was, that was <laughs> honest. That was the honest ass moment for me too. I remember having a discussion um, with a gentleman at, at the Red Balloon. And I was telling him about uh, my fiance and how, like, when we broke up and stuff, and just what I was feeling, what I was going through. And he proceeded to say something about him, like, not having his shit together. And I said, "Let me stop you right there." Ooh. I said, "Sometimes it's not the man's fault." Ooh, <laughs> that's hard to admit. Yeah. But sometimes it it can actually be the woman. Yeah. And and at that time, it was me. Mm-hmm. It was me. It, it wasn't. It didn't have anything to do with like infidelity or anything, but it was just a matter of I did not love myself enough to love on another person. And in order to love on somebody, you have to love yeah. you. Yeah. And if if I can't sit in a room and look myself in the mirror for more than five seconds, or or better yet, if I can't stand the sight of myself mm-hmm. for five seconds, I don't need to deal with anybody. Yeah. I need to I need to go heal. I need to go and get my shit together. Yeah. So, so what does that require? Does that require, you know, maybe being abstinent for a minute? Because sometimes um, <laughs> we use our vaginas to heal the world and don't realize <laughs> it's important. Okay. And don't put a couple band-aids on a couple wounds. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and you know they say in order to get over one man, you got to get up under another one, and that's not always a good idea. Always a good idea. Just roll over, dog. Okay. <laughs> I'm loving it. I've, I've definitely kissed a couple of toes. I ain't proud of them. And, and I think I've gotten so bad, even in my healing process, when I felt like I was using sex as a healing mechanism. Like, I was just cutthroat with a lot of these guys. Like, they, you know, want to sit and chill. And I'm like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. The Uber downstairs. Yeah, that was, I would say that I definitely felt like I was five years and and that was like in the middle of my 20s and that's because I knew like I had been hurt so bad by my last boyfriend like I was just like felt like it was the end of the world and I was like you know I really just don't even want to be bothered with nobody like I'd rather just be by myself um and so with me being single within those five years I was able to learn how to travel you know I started traveling more I started you know working even harder at work so that I could climb the ladder 
um, you know, spend time with friends and do all those things and not have to worry about the responsibility of somebody else's feelings because, you know, I probably was, you know, I was just being selfish, selfish, selfish. Um, But also I needed that time to grow because if I would have dated someone else right after that person, then I would have just been a mess. Like I would have just brought all of my baggage and all of my hurt and, and, you know, not being able to trust and all those things. Like I had to really, really do some self-reflection and just go on the journey by myself within those five years to really learn um, who I was and what kind of woman I wanted to be. And yeah, it took five years because I was hurt so bad, right? Like they, a lot of times people say like, um, you have to be single twice as long as you were in that relationship. Yeah. Because yep. that's the thing. We were together for like a year and a half. I needed at least three years because I had to get over all of what happened and transpired within that time I was with that person. Um, but everybody is different. You know, some people can just easily, you know, sweep their feelings under the rug and, and just go ahead and, and be able to still date. But I knew, like, no, nah, I need to get myself together. I just knew I was emotionally empty. My cups were empty, and I had to fill myself back up. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's so funny because I noticed, like, guys, they talk about women, like, hopping up under another man so fast and stuff. And I've noticed a trend in some men getting out of relationships and then hopping into another relationship and getting engaged, like, a second later. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay, I guess that's what it was. Oh, oh, okay. The problem was that it's not that men are trifling or that they're trash. It's just men know what they want. They know exactly what they want. Like you probably the mirror. And they say, I don't know. They know. <laughs> you know what they, they want. Wanna, you they don't want to hurt your feelings. But they know. If a nigga tell you he don't like you, he don't like you. Yeah. I'm don't sure. like you. You know, I started, I started, so what I learned how to do, just, okay, so I did study psychology um, when I was in college. And so I think that even though, like that really helped me understand people. And I started to listen more than I started speaking. So Granted, I have, I'm, I'm like an ambivert. Like, I can go ahead and network with people and have the time, but there's also a lot of time where I like to say to myself. And that's the thing, like, <clears throat> I forgot where I was going with that. But, okay, ah! I was, I was, see, that's after 30. You start forgetting shit, like, <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, but to be honest, like, I started listening more than I was speaking. And, and I don't like that really has helped me because I feel like, you know, they say actions are louder than words. That is so real because it's kind of like a man can tell you all these words and be like, yeah, I like you, yeah, this, this, and that. And then you start, you sit back and you look at them like, nah, you don't like me for real. Cause Yo, you know like, how man, you lying. Just like somebody said, you know, it's so many broken men and they need deep healing too. But again that goes back to how we were raised you know what i'm saying they're taking their childhood trauma and bringing it into relationships just like we are so it's kind of like now being single and, and 
working on healing myself. I want a healed man. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't want no broken man. Like, and you can kind of tell a little bit. I'm not saying nobody don't, don't have their flaws because I still have mine. But it's just certain things like, you know, if you really listen to them and, and how they talk and the things that they do, you could really tell, like, okay, he's going through something. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and just like a man, he can look at you and be like, you know what, something ain't right with you. Like you you know, you uh you know, you say you like me but you doing XYZ. Right? Like it's all about being observant and really looking at who you're dating so that you can really see if they gonna show up for you or not. That's so crazy you said that. Girl like, is a, a guy. We call him I call him nihilized and I'll tell you why. Oh Jesus. Y'all get ready for this. <laughs> but uh, let's, just say, let's just say Gemini men, they are fun, but they are a piece of work. And I'm a Gemini, Ooh. and I'm telling Gemini. Gemini men are fun, but they are a piece of work. And unfortunately, that guy that uh, I kicked it with, I think it was maybe a year or so ago, I don't know. Um, I remember the incident. Something happened. And I finally just broke down and said, you need to go heal. Mm. Fuck everything else. Fuck the, oh, you you was uh, a trap. I mean, a fuck boy didn't know. You need to go heal. Yeah. Because Me there's something. Too. Yes, Me there's something her. going on. And, and I can easily call you a fuck boy in this moment, but I don't want to. Because I, I think, I think me, me saying that is it's only going to, um, to find a trait that obviously I've already recognized, but I keep going back to it. And, and even as women, even as women, we gotta say, okay, listen, we, we keep saying we fuck around with these fuck boys, but at some point, you fuck girl, <laughs> you be fuck girl too. You know, not just because of of how you act, but who you attract. That's real. And as I'm looking here and I'm like, somebody was saying, like, I feel like it's the women in their their lives job. So, like, your mama, your sister, cousin, granny, uh, to lead them to the right road. Like, what do the mother figures look like in the men's lives? You know what I'm saying? And then, not only that, but someone else said women need to stop ignoring the signs because we don't want to be alone. And I think we, like, it is tough being alone and really sitting in your truth, in your mess, yep. like especially now, like with quarantine, even though the order has been lifted, like really people have to face their truth, yep. especially when they living alone. Because guess what? You gotta look in the mirror and you gotta do it. Now you bored, and it's like damn. Now I'm gonna do right. I mean, you know, like just really. I think this. I hope that this was a reset button for a lot of people and allowed people to heal because. We have to, we, we got to do better to people. Like, we we are breaking so many chains, you know what I mean, generational curses, and it's so important for us men and women to be healed so we can live right and be an example to these kids. Yeah. Like, I do not want my children to not see a healthy relationship. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing, like, somebody says it's important to keep relationships with parents and parents, and that's real. That is so real. Like, how... And granted, and, and I'm just going to say this too, just to speak to what someone said about relationship with parents. Parents and friends can be toxic too. 
So it go deeper than what, sometimes it go deeper than what we see on the surface. But we really have to get close enough to that person to really learn why that relationship is the way it is. Why is the dynamic of the relationship with your father distant? Why is the dynamic of your relationship with your mother? Why y'all argumentative with each other? What, like, where is it coming from? You know what I'm saying? Because it's so deep. It's, it's so deeper than the surface in what we allow. Like, and like you said, you ain't want to tell boys the fuck with. Cause it's like, we ain't trying to, you know, demasculate. We, you know, we're not trying to break you. Not trying to break you down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially when you know that they're going through something. You know, so yeah, we, we do need to be honest with ourselves and with people. Like, 
yo, you need to heal. Yeah. And, and I don't think us messing around is actually going to help. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that takes a lot for somebody to be like, yo, the sex was bomb as fuck. <laughs> Wait a minute now. I got to take a step back. That's why we call them nine lives. I'll tell you the second later, but what I'm saying oh, is, yeah. for me, to, I know, for me to take that step back and to say, the dick down is amazing, but I need you to go heal, brother. I need you to go heal. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, you know? Like, somebody was saying, like, that's therapy work. But I don't I think, and I don't know if it's me personally, but I'm telling you, when you study, like, psychology, you look at everything now. Like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, and I think it's because I really try to understand the person that I'm going to be with. You know what I'm saying? Or even even if it ain't, even if it's casual, okay, casual, you know, but if you really do like them, you know, I just, I don't try to dig in too deep, like too fast, but I do pay attention. Like, okay, what are you about? You know, what are you here for? What are your intentions? And I think I've always been like that. I think that was just something like, I like meaningful connections. I am mostly an introvert at heart. So with me staying to myself, I feel like when I do open up my world, I want to know who's in my world. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I think that's really important for me. And I think it's important to a lot of people who usually are closed off or don't go out a lot and stuff like that. So when they do meet somebody, they're like, who said you? Why yep. are you here? You know? So, and so, I'm glad you said that. Um, and you know, and people don't realize it too now, like the older you get, um, casual sex is not necessarily always casual. It ends up being a casualty, and by a casualty, I mean that's an energy uh, exchange. Mm-hmm. When you have sex with people, you're exchanging energy. And I like I've always said I was an empath, and my my fiance think like he believes me, but sometimes he's like, "No, nah, you." I'm like, "No, I'm an empath," and um, sometimes I can feel what people are feeling before they even say it, or I can feel mm-hmm. when something's wrong with somebody. Yeah. before they tell me just like I got that hunch about Gary when he got into that car accident and it was like a voice was just like go check on him and I'm like bitch ain't nobody in the house with me who just said that <laughs> so it, it was crazy but like the more and more I realized you know whoever I was kicking with at the time or whoever I was you know fucking around with at the time I was exchanging an energy mm-hmm. and I'm like especially when you deal with not just broken men but with broken people yeah. And you take all that same energy, that shit can be draining after a while. And you start to feel that shit. Sometimes mm-hmm. that don't even be good no more. You go, okay. <laughs> but no matter, like, yeah. do you feel like, okay, so you think you're an empath. Do you feel like, um, and I, my bad, I'm interviewing you. Do you feel Girl, like. Come on, here. come on, let's do it. Do you feel like. Even though you know they're broken, like granted, some people you go, like, okay, you need to go heal. But do you ever make exceptions to the people you know are broken and you still allow them in your life? Like, why yes. do you think you do that? Because you it's happy you already know. So what's like, is it because we think we can save them? Is it yep. because we think we could, you know, change their mind? Like, you know what I mean? Why why do we keep them around when we know that they ain't they shouldn't be around? You know what's so funny? Um, so, I know they say hurt people hurt people, but uh, broken people also attract broken people. And 
misery loves company. I know I'm using all of these different sayings, but when I was broken, instead of healing myself, I was so busy trying to heal other people. Mm-hmm. Because I guess in turn or as a result, it made me feel good. Mm-hmm. So I know yeah. that there was a time where I was attracting men that were broken and needed to be healed. And I thought that I could save them. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at my track record of men that I either dated or had gotten like serious with, most of them were broken. And I knew that shit. And But for me, it was like, ooh, it's another exciting adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be Captain Save a Ho again. And you I don't know, that know why. Too. They be a little butterfly. Yeah. Like, you know they wrong for you. <laughs> Like, and I don't know why, like, the shit felt good. I mean, it always feels good to help other people, but then that shit really played into my day life, and I really found myself wanting to heal men, and not just necessarily through my vagina or anything, but, like, like I thought, honestly, look, and, and I know, like I said, I'm, I'm engaged to be married, but my show has been very transparent and very open. Before Gary died, I always thought that I could save him from himself. And when we got back in contact um, two months before he passed, I knew he had developed a drinking problem. And I never told his mom. When um, when the uh, detectives called me and they asked me like a couple of series of questions because obviously I was the last person he had spoken to and yeah. once he was on his way to come and see me. But I'd known Gary for like 25 years, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like I was sent here or he was sent to me because I needed to keep an eye out on him. Mm-hmm. So even if him and I didn't date or if I decided, hey, you know what? We don't need to date because I need you to work on yourself. I was really just like, I really just wanted Gary to get better. So I let Gary stay with me for a minute. Mm-hmm. I let him um, just do whatever he needed to do to get whatever he needed to get out of his system. You were nurturing like, and I was did, you, did, you, did you feel like you were obligated because of how long y'all had known each other? Mm. Uh, that too. That too. And because we were friends before anything. Yeah. Like, even yeah. when we were young, we just started dating and it didn't work out. And again, he needed to grow up. He was going through some stuff. But, like, this was the one time he finally admitted that he was ready to work on himself. And I saw him working on himself. So when he was taken so early, I was just like, but God. He was on his way. He was just breaking through. So I think, I think after Gary is probably when I was just like, I'm done. I don't want to kill anybody else. So I was still attracting broken men, but I I ain't give a fuck at that point. I wasn't trying to heal nobody. I was just trying to heal me. Mm -hmm. It was about me at that moment. Yeah. Come on, Rena's dig over. Let's do this. You know, like, <laughs> this is where I was at at that point. I wasn't even thinking about anything else that was going on, you know, in their life. Like, I was I was really doing some radical healing. And sometimes radical healing should not always include sex. Radical healing should not always include drinking or smoking weed. Uh, radical healing sometimes means allowing yourself to feel everything that you're feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. And we oftentimes we self-medicate. So we'll drink, we'll smoke, we'll shop, you know, we'll overwork. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean, if if self-medicate was in a dictionary, you would see my face. Because I was a workaholic. 
Um, I was a wineaholic. Uh, I even dabbled in a little bit of weed more than I normally did. Mm-hmm. And I found myself not having sex with different men. I was having sex with like the same one or two people, but I was always craving it. It was like I needed to release my endorphins or I needed to release the shit that I was feeling in that moment. I didn't want to feel anything. Mm-hmm. And it had gotten so bad that when I finally allowed myself to feel something, it was like at the most inappropriate time, like I broke down in the middle yeah. of sex. But that was my, that was a grown black woman moment. That was me taking off my cape and saying, fuck this shit. You know? Yeah. I don't want to be here. I, I don't, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to heal anybody else or I don't want to keep healing myself in these radical ways when at the end of the day, it's really only hindering me. It's making me tired. It's making me lazy. Um, just as depressed as I was, whether I was sober or if I was, you know, inebriated, like I was just numb for a minute. Yeah. I was numb. Yeah. Um, and it definitely, it took for crazy enough, lots of meditation, lots of therapy, well not therapy. I still haven't even seen a therapist yet, but uh, meditation, prayer, lots of screaming, lots of mm. being angry, lots of baths, lots of soaking. I think I might have soaked myself to a prune. Hopefully I lost 10 pounds soaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then also being with a person who was ready to take me as I was. And that yeah. that's, you don't find that shit. And I would always ask Andre like, why me? Why, what you want me for? He was like, why wouldn't I want you? Why, why wouldn't anybody want you? What, what is it about you mm-hmm. that nobody... Child, look, I'm over here shedding one thug tear. It's always the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thug tear. You know, I like, think that's the thing when it comes to healing. Like, I usually, and I don't know if I'm speaking for anybody else that's watching, but more so, like, when I feel like I'm going through something, or when I am going through something, I probably have like one or two people mm-hmm. tops that I would talk to. Um, and then there's other times where I just keep to myself like and I just keep my head down and I deal with it but when I feel like it's like a, I'm about to blow up yeah, like I yeah it's, it's becoming too much like everything on t- and, and you think like oh it's life you know life is hard but you need to I was not releasing those emotions at all because I was so used to keeping them to myself um and then on top of that you know I got to a point where like I knew I had to seek therapy, professional help, yeah. or else yeah. I it was going to be other thoughts that were going through my mind. Like to be honest with you, I think it was it was the year of 2017. I had got a promotion in January. Then right after that, like everything else crazy started happening. I lost me like my, I got in an accident, my first accident. My dog died. You know. My, boyfriend at the time his mother had passed and then I got a demotion like all these things were oh, that that that. and I yeah. was just trying to get through it literally mm. just second by second and at that point I was just like I can't do this no more like I need to go talk to somebody before I lose my fucking mind mm. like it, like I had to seek 
therapy and I hadn't ever thought there I had tried to but it was just like I was like, oh, I'm really telling my own business. Like, I feel like I'm only talking my own problems. You just listen to it. Like, I, right. didn't see it yeah. <laughs> I didn't see no benefit of it. But the older I got, I'm like, I need to talk to somebody who does not have a bias. Like, they're just unbiased. They you know, are no. here for me to, to hear what I got to say. And so when I started going to therapy, that helped me a ton because I started looking forward to it and I started bringing up emotions that I didn't allow myself to feel because I felt like I had to keep it in and not let it out. Mm -hmm. so, I'm not crying now. I'm really yeah. yarning and my allergies. Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch, girl, go ahead. It's like, no, I'm actually not crying. Yeah, but yeah, shopping. Yeah, shopping. I think a lot of um, what I did too was work a lot. Like, I yep. definitely worked a ton. Yep. And I think I did that, just thinking about it now. Like, I saw my, my dad work a lot, right? Like, he buried himself in work because he just had his eye on the prize and didn't let nothing else in. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I adopted that same mentality. And um, I try not to throw myself into work as much, but I know that I did it, especially when I was single for those five years, trying to really, um, trying to really figure myself out, but I still was kind of working a lot. I don't know. It was just like, that's the only thing that I cared about. Um, <clears throat> but you know, something that kind of took my mind off of what was going on at home. And then, you know, after a while, I'm like, I can't do this no more. Like, I'm tired. I'm so tired. And so I ended up seeking therapy and I, I still talk to a therapist, to be honest with you, because it's a lot that you have to, um, it's a lot of layers that you have to um, peel off, you know, and they really help you tap into those emotions, like, for real. So, definitely encourage anybody, you know, if you feel like you need to go to a therapist, do it, and make sure you have a positive support system. Um, there's yep. a lot of people that are in your circle currently, like, we have to make a list of all of the people in our lives and see who adds value and who doesn't. If they don't, you need to let them go so you can, you know what I mean, take care of yourself and protect your peace. You know what I'm saying? It's easier said than done, but man, I'm telling you, like, the older I get, the more I find that mental health is very important. So important. It's so important, like, <laughs> like no other. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Um, I, I started, well, I did group therapy with a therapy therapy for black girls. Mm -hmm. So they were hosting like a weekly therapy session, group therapy session. And I would just hop on just to, you know, see what, what was being talked about. But it eventually led me to um, sign up for Dr. Joy's uh, The Yellow Couch, which is like Ooh. pretty much a space where we can like just chat and just check in with each other and we can still use that as a form of therapy so although i haven't yeah. actually seen like just one solid therapist which mm -hmm. i have a person already thank god and it's because of therapy for uh for black girls i was able to go on their directory and find a black therapist because that's another thing too like right now i think with everything that's going on we need therapy now more than ever yes and it can be expensive yes it can be expensive but i think it's a great investment in in oneself yeah like at first i wasn't a believer because you know when you grow up in a um a, a home that is 
primarily filled with, you know, Christianity and you go to church every Sunday. Oh, you know, Jesus will take care of it. And it's like, yes, it's okay to pray, but it's also okay to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we can't always say that, oh, Jesus is going to solve the problem. We still have to be just as active as the Lord, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to do the work, too. So, so for me, um, well, I have to do better at actually checking in, but it has been helpful. Like, I think they have, oh, they have a check-in Sunday at 9 p.m., mm-hmm. a Zoom check-in, so I'm going to join that. Um, let me see. I was trying to read some of the comments, too, while we were talking, and thank y'all again for just staying and rocking with us. <laughs> yes, yes. I, and I was looking at my watch, I was like, okay, we straight, we straight. I forgot we went on. I went on early, a little bit early. So, yeah. Okay. But um, but yeah. So therapy. Black people need therapy too. Yes. I'm putting it on the shirt, and I should have. I should have did a Juneteenth sale. I ain't even do a Juneteenth sale in my merch, but black people need therapy too. Yeah, I think you so. Know? But but we have to again. That goes to being vulnerable. Like both men and women are not vulnerable like we a lot of people were not raised to be vulnerable you know what i'm saying like and it takes a lot of work that takes a lot of strength to really um say how you feel communicate it and not feel judged like people don't always embrace you when you you say how you truly feel and that's the hard part because you don't know if they're gonna love you or they're gonna leave you like a lot of us also have abandonment issues you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's kind of like if I tell you the truth, are you going to leave me? Like when, you know, when things go bad? Yeah. Or are you going to stay here? And I think, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of, it's just a lot. Like it's, I think just in the black community in general, um, somebody said they're considering therapy, but just me thinking I can heal myself since other people ask me for about, man. Yes. <laughs> This for the fucking therapist. <laughs> I've been asking that question for the past three weeks. Who is the therapist for the therapist? They have a they have a mentor too. You know they have mentors, right? Therapists need somebody. Can you they, see they, me? They, oh, you can't see yeah, me. I'm flipping screen. Oh, you flipping screen. <laughs> My bad, y'all. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm so glad somebody else said it. Like, like I'm. I'm killing everybody. I I forgot to heal myself. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, everybody, like, when you're strong, who, who's going to be strong for you? Yeah. And that's why, and, and whoever put that, like, it's okay to consider therapy, you know what I'm saying? Because you need somebody to lean on, too. It's not just you not having nobody. Like, everybody needs somebody. We were not made to be alone. No. We were, we were not made to be alone. And you can take that, you know you know, and interpret it whatever way you want, but just, you need a sounding board. You need somebody to be there for you too. And it don't always have to be somebody that you grew up with or, you know, a relative. Go to somebody that does, you know, that is a professional that studies it, that can actually help you unravel all of what you're going through so you could handle yourself the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man. Therapy is real. Like, good, when, they say, when they say check on your strong friend, that shit is yeah. real. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, you go ahead. I was reading it too. Look, took a parenting class offered in my son's school, thinking I was supporting their little program. So refreshing. It's, it's important. Um, someone asked, as a woman, Ooh. how can you control the Captain Save
but then it is other times when you do need to sit back and self-reflect like okay what's been going on with with me and x you know what i mean me and whomever you know what i'm saying and really look at it yeah. like it is crazy i like i have to start looking at the relationships that i have and see are they of value yeah because I don't know. They probably like this bitch is too deep, you know. She always be a philosophical, but that's just that's just my train of thought. Like, I just want to make sure I'm having valuable relationships in my life, and somebody is not just using me. You know what I'm saying? Because when you have a lot to offer, and you you at the table, when you bring something to the table, you need to make sure that same person bringing something to the table is not as much or more than you. Yo, oh, this is funny. Somebody. I <laughs> my dog be using. Yo, now you know dogs are emotional support. You know that dog love you. You know okay. you, you know you be excited because the dog be excited when they see you coming in that door. Okay. <laughs> real, real, real. But, um, dogs are bad. Dogs are amazing though. I that, that, that's funny. I, the girl, yes, 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 yes. Um, taking that step back, taking a step back, and just taking initiative and saying all right because you know you you got some people out here that know that you're reliable and they'll keep coming back because they know that you're yep. reliable yeah you gotta you got an addition in the bud too you got an addition yeah. in the bud. And sometimes it'd be your friends it'd be your own friends um especially like a friend of the opposite sex y'all ain't even gotta be fucking but you know sometimes you just be that great of a giver and you're always giving yep. and giving and gifting so they like well you know at the end of the day she's gonna always be there so why not yes that is it that i was literally like when you were saying that it i literally recently had an experience like that with a a male friend and he had got mad at me or something about me not answering his facetime and i'm like you know i say hey i'm in the bed you know what's up and they like and then they just got like real mad and i'm like why are you mad i still responded because you usually there I was like, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, you know what? That's the problem. I'm always there. I need to. Now I know why people be like, don't be so available. Don't be so available to people and give them all your time because then they're always going to want it. And then, you know, they're going to be playing that Beyonce song. The first time I say no, it's like I never said yes. I'd have said yes to your mama. I'd have said yes to you dating me. But when I say, no, not tonight. You acting so ungratefully. So the first time I said <laughs> was like I never said yeah. <laughs> A good proverb. We're going to have to wrap that one, put that one in my pocket. When I tell you that was an answer for a while, I mean, oh, oh, yeah. I'm talking about after Destiny's Child, I'm a survivor, and I'm coming out, and I got this cheap-ass weave on my hair, no six-pack. I miss Debbie yesterday sometimes, because she was spitting some motherfucking facts, okay? Especially that song. I used to blast that shit. And, I mean, I cool t- telling these niggas the first time I said it's like I never said Yeah. I feel it now. Man. Or not everything. I 
need to watch Way to Excel again. I watched it when I was younger, but I need to. I know why. What was it, Bernadine? She cut her hair. She said, "Damn y'all." She burned shit up. I was like, damn, she ruthless. You know, watching it young, like, mm. but now I'm like, shit, I would have burned shit up too. It's like, <laughs> you get the now when you're older, and, and that's my jam too. Um, Whitney Houston's Way Too Excel, and I used to sing the shit off that song as a kid. I just knew, you know, oh, I'm... girl, bitch. Now, like I said, when I sing that shit in the key of Moscato and Riesling. <laughs> Somebody move the reason to the back. And that, that, that one, okay, that one thug tear be coming down, and I just shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh my god! Shoot, <laughs> You gotta act the shoulder. Shoot, <laughs> And I'll be doing all the parts too, cause I'm extra. Y'all get her. Y'all get her. Shoot, <laughs> shoot, girl. That shit. You really feel that shit? That nineties heartbreak now more than ever <laughs> in yeah, young thirty. Fuck bitches get money, drive down the street, do a forty. Okay. <laughs> okay. But that, I, yeah, yeah, huh? Proverb that I mean, in any women that 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 are either still dating or dating and getting out of something or even married and getting out of something, I think way too excel is like good ass movie. It's a, it's a good ass movie. When you are either healing, when you are in the midst of healing, or when you are finally um, progressing through your journey of healing. Don't watch this shit when you mad, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you, watch when, you mad. when I tell you, I almost had a way to exhale moment. Like, dead ass, somebody had me fucked up one good time. <laughs> And, and I know I, I can't like to bring that side out. Like that, see, that's where that 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 um that variant emotion comes in because I don't like to give people power over me. Like when it's certain things, like when it comes to you know relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, you let them close, but it's just like I don't want nobody to have that much control over me to where I lose my fucking mind because I already know. That if I do, it's gonna be some problems. It's and not it's, it's not healthy at all to allow somebody to allow you to get that mad. So that's why, like, we have to control our emotions. But at the same time, it's like, man, I, I need to control my emotions, but I also need to show my emotions. But you gotta do it the right way. Yeah, it can go all the way left. And so, yeah, like <laughs> when I tell you, it, it almost went left. Um maybe a month or so ago before my mm-hmm. birthday mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I definitely did. I had the, the, the moment the moment where I was like he got me fucked up he got me fucked up <laughs> I'm gonna have to straight slice and dice a bitch my box cutter with my motherfucking box cutter and and I'm talking about I was about to slash this nigga's tire oh okay Contraptions. Contraptions. Swiss Army knife, bro. I ain't seen that in so long. Swiss Army knife. I I ain't never had to pull this mofo out until y'all get the night. Got Swiss Army knife and razor blades and lemon juice. When I tell y'all, don't ever, 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 ever let a person hold that much power over you, because the fact that I have somebody's granddaddy Swiss Army knife. <laughs> and a razor blade cutter. I mean, 
two or three years ago, you couldn't tell me shit. But again, but that that's literally the power of Put it away, I wasn't healed. I wasn't healed. And he caught me on the right day. Let it go. He caught me on the right day, y'all. Let it go. Slice the dice, this nigga. Why is my face so black? Oh, Lord. This is Juneteenth. Put the black. Okay, yeah, we we over here celebrating the uh You're supposed to be talking all kinds of positive. Okay. Like, I'm about to cut <laughs> cut up, bitch. And he just got a new car. I was like, What's wrong with my niggas? Cause I'm done. Well, my niggas. What's wrong with my niggas? Cause I'm done. <laughs> Girl, I when I tell you, I've never ever ever in my life had a person get me that fucked up. Like, just mentally, spiritually, I'm talking about every emotion you could possibly think of. This is why we need therapy. Mm-hmm. It was in that moment, I had to be mature enough to say, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Marie Smith, <laughs> not want to go down this route. It's much too much. You work too hard. To I work too hard. That, that I started my business. I'm talking about everything you could possibly think of, but it was that the hurt the mistrust, all the lying, the um, the baby, the uh, the STD, the uh, I'm talking about a motherfucker was loyal, and so I couldn't be loyal no more. You want to see what Captain Save a Hole look like, bitch? Look me up in a dictionary. <laughs> you don't want to be that person. Can, you no. can admit your truth. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because how many of us? Because we got some folks in here. How many of y'all can really admit your truth? Like, right. whether you was right or wrong. Because G. Marie can. I, I can't. I'm starting to. And it, it took me a long time. Working on me. Okay, it took a memoir for my, my ass to finally say, I'm admitting my truth. And I'm writing this bitch down in the book. And you can read all about it. You can listen to my podcast. You can do whatever. But, but yeah, how many of y'all are really like... You know, my name is such and such. I'm a recovering Captain Save a Hole. Like, <laughs> who can really say that right now? Like, it and, and, and really mean it and then speak from a place of, you know, I know I'm I'm doing A, B, and C, but I'm I'm working on me. The Lord is, is working on me. And um I'ma just continue to do the work of healing, but I have to be willing to admit and say that, hey, I'm broken. I'm broken as fuck. But that doesn't mean that I can't be fixed. You know, it doesn't mean that we can't put the people together slowly but surely. And and it's okay to like to, to talk to somebody about this shit because this is when you don't talk to somebody. That's yeah. when you whipping out, you know, Swiss army knives and you about to go slice and dice a bitch's new Jeep. Tamika said, I'm not the one. Okay. She ain't the one. Nail polish. Nail polish. <laughs> I'm bothered. Okay. Literally. I'm bothered. I'm with a boo. All of that shit. <laughs> okay. Everything and more. Oh my gosh! You know what? This was a good ass conversation. I feel like we need a part two to a part two. Okay. I'm ready when you're ready. Let me know. Look, we gonna have to do this. Um, so before we actually wrap up the live show, because my phone has been like holding on to this 19% this whole time. That's why the card. Hold on. Right. I had no real charger in the house. I got like this little flat charger that um. Andre got for me, so I have to like lay my phone down versus actually sitting it up. 
So oh. I had to come here and sit my ass in the car after my meeting uh, with the, the dance school, which we don't know what's going on with that. But, but does anybody have any questions for us um, that you guys want to ask? And I know as soon as I log off of this live, by tomorrow, it's going to be like a totally different number from the number that we're seeing right here. It's going to be like next 50 people that hopped on this live that we ain't know about. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. Like a, oh. 
but we'll sing just one more song. Yeah. So yeah, my phone is like definitely on ten percent. All right. Well, I'm glad you gave me this opportunity to just you know have that dialogue and be able to converse with other women and men too. And I just you know I appreciate the opportunity. So hopefully we can do more together. Absolutely. This was clutch. Thank you. Absolutely. And I'll leave this up for the next 24 hours. So um, if you are still here, uh, use the hashtag she Marie taught me. Uh, let us know that you was, you know, in here rock with us. You can take a screenshot. You can tag me. You can tag Dom, whoever you want to tag. But we are peacing out. And much love. Again, thank you all so much for joining us <laughs> on tonight's live episode. And we'll have another episode next week um i'm bringing my girl t two times she's a dj okay so we gonna chop it up too and then of course you know me and you down we gonna sit down we gonna break bread some more um i'm gonna continue the series because i'm getting a lot of feedback from a lot of women and they're just like yo we really need this safe space so i'm gonna continue to provide that safe space for y'all but until then peace and blessing Today's episode is powered by G Marie Media LLC.